This is One on One with Stevie Fro, episode 16, Mike Borchers. Welcome back to the one-on-one with Stevie Fro podcast, sitting down with Mike Borchers, the superintendent at Ludlow Independent Schools. We are in his fantastic board office. <laughs> Wish I had something this nice, Coach. It's the Dr. Droud Administrative Building, Steve. Well, hey, thank you, Dr. Droud, and thank you for everybody involved in that. But, uh, co- or I keep calling you Coach. <laughs> uh, Mike, on top of being the superintendent at Ludlow Independent, is a former football coach, assistant coach at Newcath. Is that your first job? First job was at Newport Catholic. And then you came down here to coach with Coach Staley? Correct. In um, late 90s? Yes. And then became the head coach? Yes, for two years. And And then decided that your life was not difficult enough. Right. And then be the principal. Right, middle school principal. (laughs) And then one year I was principal of both the middle school and high school. And Moved over to the central office for five years, and this is my 10th year, believe it or not, as superintendent. So, Well, and your time as superintendent here. Yeah, I don't know. This is not a controversial show. Right. Hey, this is a big education show, which okay. is why we're down here in your board office talking to you. <laughs> you know, we're, education is great, and it's very important to us. Um, but in all seriousness, the, the time that before you became superintendent, mm-hmm. right, Different time in the city of Ludlow in the school district. Correct. And a very proud community. Very much so. Very, and the community sport has been incredible. Right. And the, the groups of kids that have always gone through here, very bright kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I am most impressed with with your work is, you know, the innovation that you've had. You've taken over this job. And you've made things better in the school district, right? Whether it's adding programs, STEM, mm-hmm. I mean, um, construction, mm-hmm. seeing things through. And when you're the boss, and you're seeing, make it, uh, you know, sometimes you got to get credit for it, right? But you know, Stephen, just like all the athletics you've been involved with, it's still the team. We have a great team. We've worked hard to put together awesome administrators. Our teachers are super dedicated to our community, and I think what you said. We have a community that's extremely hardworking, and they have high expectations for their kids. Um, When you look at some of the analytics, there's a lot of times we'll be in meetings, and based on some of our socioeconomic statuses, um, you wouldn't expect the the expectations that we have for our kids because there's a lot of barriers, and we just use them. We don't use them as excuses. We use them as opportunities. So if we have a barrier, we find an opportunity that helps our kids reach that barrier, and I think it's shown in the 25 years I've been here in the community that our kids excel, and um, we'll put our programs up against anyone. Um, Last year, we had 60% of our juniors and seniors going into dual-credit classes, uh, we had 80% of our seniors graduate with a college credit in their pocket. And one of the real proud things, our seniors just graduated as the number one on-demand riding score in the entire state of Kentucky. So that's any school. So, you know, that's those are really things to be proud of. But the really neat thing is our board's extremely, extremely supportive. They have high expectations for myself and for our staff. And um, 
25 years ago when I was hired here, um, you probably know Glenn Wise. He was a former I coach. Do. And, I do. Uh, he told me, he said, you know, you, in most teachers here, you either last a year or a lifetime. So I made it the lifetime. And, and the reason that is, is our community understands what they want in folks that our kids work with. And if those teachers that come in meet those expectations, they embrace them and they're part of the community for life. If they have a different viewpoint, um, they're not as they're not as um, embraced, and it's seen they're not they're not here for the kids, and they usually move on. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing; it's just not the right fit. But usually, if you go down our list of coaches, which you've known over the years, it's finding that right fit. And once they find it, they're here for a long time. So it's really exciting. Two questions: mm-hmm. How many kids, on average, per year are in the district? Uh, roughly eight hundred. Roughly 800. That's preschool, that's, yes. preschool through 12. And you talked about your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, team is everything. Yep. It doesn't matter. Uh, your elementary administration, the teachers there, the junior high and the high school are in one building. Is that correct? correct? Seven okay. through 12. And the, one of the things that I always found very fascinating with this community, having been uh, since 1996, when... Um, I first got to meet a bunch of people from Ludlow after graduating high school. And then Randy, your younger brother, who was my best friend, Mm -hmm. um, came to work with you guys that first year out of high school. Mm -hmm. So so I had to go scouting with him. Yep. I remember that. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a little of that a little later. But the one thing that I've always thought was incredible about this district and community as a whole from the people that I got to know and the coaches that I got to know. Number one, they're very blue collar, proud people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have ownership. There's a sense of ownership over that, of, of what you're doing for the kids in your community. Correct. Number two, the educators that have come to work here, they don't leave. No, they stay. Correct. You, you've, they've all, and this was before, obviously you were the boss man, but the compensation was always very good. Mm-hmm. The test scores, which obviously everyone wants to talk about test scores, test right, scores, right? right? Test scores at Ludlow High School. And I would say the district in general. Correct. Always very good. Mm-hmm. And when the people that are working in your building actually care mm-hmm. about these kids, and it goes on to reflect everything that they do. Right. There's a lot of pride. Um, you had mentioned earlier about building, you know, uh, when when I got to be the superintendent, one of the tasks that the board asked us to do was upgrade our facilities. We went into a, our facility and redid our whole football facility and soccer field and, and upgraded all that for the kids. A new field house, a new locker room, new concessions. We redid the lights, the track. And, you know, you leave it open to the public. And when you put a brand new $2 million addition down there, sometimes there's people worried, should we lock it up? Do we not let people in the facility? And with that pride and the kids and the community took so much pride, we've had no vandalism down there in nine years and it looks brand new still. So it's very exciting. Um, you know, my background, my dad was a pipe fitter or a blue collar person. Um, you know, he, I've always been told from my grandfather and my dad, both, if you, you can do one thing and that's outwork anybody you're around. And that kind of reflects our community too. We may not be, all the brightest folks, or we may not have all the positive um, 
you know, entitlements that some other kids have in their in their lives, but our kids will outwork anyone and they have each other's backs. It's like a family, you know, we can argue with each other here in the in the district, but don't let anybody talk bad about Lolo because we'll all be right there for each other. And I think that, you know, in the community in Northern Kentucky, I think we're very blessed. All the districts in our region have people that are very caring and very passionate about education. And when you talk competition, you have to do that in Northern Kentucky. Not to mention all the options you have in the public systems, but you also have the parochial system. So every district has to be on the top of their game. I think we have a you know a lot of positive views of our community, and um, we have a lot of tuition students as well. You know, we have 160 of our 800 kids live outside of Ludlow, wow, which is very nice. Um, a lot of those are former former students and they may have lived in a different community but they want their kids to have the same experience that they've had so that's a a real big positive as well and uh that blue collar hard work they like that smaller class sizes Uh, some of the programs we've been able to offer you know we have full day kindergarten we have full day um, preschool we have a um high school program where starting as a junior you can go and get 12 hours you can walk out of our high school with 24 college credits and it doesn't cost the, the family a dime when so, scott did that yeah it changed the game yep for our kids it does and the dual credit programming you know the only way you used to be able to get college credits was through ap mm-hmm. and um you know i took ap in high school you've probably i know you took some no randy and i did not you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't going to mention my brother but that's okay um, he'll mention other things about me down the road. But, you know, you, that all hinged on one test. And, you know, if you had a bad day or something, you didn't get the right questions that you maybe didn't prepare for, you, you didn't get those credits. And we have our kids where we treat them like college students. Um, we found out being the old high school principal, we'd have kids leave here with 28s, go away to college, and they were struggling by Christmas. They never had that experience beyond Ludlow when they were here in high school. So what we've done now is we have a program where they're treated solely like high school college students when they're in high school starting their junior year. So we're finding a lot better retention and a lot more success of our students when they pass and go on from our community into the next community because they've already experienced that along with the support systems we have here at school. So we're hoping that that'll all maintain. Um, You know, this year is going to be a little different. We all know that. So it'll be fun time. You talked about the, and I may be ignorant on the total truth of this, but from what I can remember reading and talking with people about the uh, construction you guys did mm-hmm. down at the football field, mm-hmm. it's not like you had to go in severe debt to do all that too. No. You, you no. used your money. Right. Because this is a very fiscally responsible district. Yeah, we've done a good job with that. Um, we were able, we were at a position where we were able to do some bonding. We didn't have to do any extra tax levies on the community. They've always been supportive with our 4% uh, increase every year, which allows us to do things. You had mentioned earlier um, the t- teacher pay. We're top, we're 14th in the state in teacher pay. That's something that Dr. Drought started with the teacher salaries 30 years ago. And his, his whole mantra from that is you expect a ton out of your teachers, but you compensate them well. And we've been working that I've never forgot that when I took over superintendent that was Dr. Drought and I had a transition meeting and I asked tried to pick his brain being a former superintendent and he was the um, commissioner of education in Kentucky yeah. and that was one of the first things he told me he said Mike you got to make sure that your people feel appreciated and we do that in a lot of different ways but 
you know, obviously when you can compensate them well and keep, keep up with the larger districts in the pay scale, that's, that's a positive thing. One thing our board did do, we were able to be fiscally sound and um, we put the weight room in, which was a huge change for our kids. It's off the gym now, um, state of the art. They have six weight racks where we can put any athletic team in there at one time. And a lot of our kids use that that may, you may not have seen in the weight room before, which once again, it's a healthy thing. It's a positive thing, keeping the kids involved. Another time of the year when they're season, off season, they're in there lifting weights, whether it's baseball, football, track, cross country. We have all of our kids have opportunities to get into a brand new weight room, and it looks pristine after five years as well. So we really are moving the district forward in that manner. So, you know, I'm sure that many superintendents have kind of the similar background, you know, they start as a teacher, then they move up to the assistant principal, principal, and then assistant superintendent, maybe, and then the superintendent. Right. Um, I would say not many of them have the sports background mm-hmm. like you do. I, you know, Dr. Webb in our district has a, has a sports background Correct. as a coach, but not that uh, this is a sports show. Right. I get it, I right? Right? But I, big, I we're big on education. Let's too. don't mention my sports record. That's okay. We're, there, we're not going to say anything about that. Okay. That's but good. as knowing you, um, as well as that I do, you know, obviously I've mentioned that your brother, your youngest brother, what's the age difference between you and Randy? Was that seven years, seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when Randy and I first started hanging out, you were studying for to, to your final semester and to be an educator, right? I was getting my math degree from Northern. Yes. And you know, he had this inherent joy to just make your life miserable while you were trying to, cause he was the baby of the family, yep. Yep. got away with murder um, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, so, you know, he would, he would kick the door in, you're trying to study and he would yell something or say something awful. And, and then he would start running and then I'd be left there. And then Mike would come out like, mom, get Steven Randy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, when you're taking multivariable calculus <laughs> yeah. and statistics in your final semester, it's always fun to have a younger brother around, but you know, we've, through those friends he's had, I've I've had the friendships. You know, Eddie, you guys uh-huh. played football with Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Everson, Cuffkeff, and, and yeah. Brian, his yep. brother, and yep. both you and Randy. And you know, it, it's a small community in Northern Kentucky. I mean, everywhere around you look, there's always a connection. You know, you have people that coached at Newport Catholic and now are in different high schools. You have competitors from Highlands that are spread all over. And then you look at all the kids from Kenton County that have gone on the success. So, it, it's a really neat community. Um, but, you know, I've really enjoyed those times. You know, I've got the opportunity to coach you and Randy at Newport Catholic for a year, and I learned a lot from Coach Snyder back then and Mr. Bagley, and, you know, mm-hmm. God rest his soul. But he was a great mentor of all of ours. So really neat community in Northern Kentucky. Well, before we get into the agenda for today, let me okay. ask you just one, just one question. And I think it's pretty valid. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a New Cath guy. And then, you know, you're out of school and you go and you coach. Were you teaching here? Yes. Okay. So you've been here 25 years. Correct. What is it about this place that has kept you here this whole time? Um, I think the appreciation the community has for what you do. Um, You know, you're not just a teacher here. You're a mentor. You're people that are very well respected. That You can help change lives. Um, you can help kids reach successes that they'd ever felt they could. Um, it's a very tight-knit community, like you said. I'm a blue-collar type person. Um, I get a lot of joy in working with families and kids that work just as hard as I'm willing to work, which is really neat. Um, 
you know, I just there are, there would have to be a very very unique opportunity. I've been very blessed as well. Not many people get to be coach, then an, an administrator in the building, then in the central office, and then to become superintendent. So I've been extremely lucky to have that path in front of me. Um, but there's just great people to work with here. Um, you know, we talked about our team, but I'd put our administrators and the folks I work with up against any district in the state of Kentucky, if not the nation. And um, our board, having such a successful and supportive board, makes life really, really exciting, too, because we come up with ideas that may not be accepted right away, and they are willing to give us the chance to, to prove to them that it's working. Um, when we have needs met, they're willing to give us the financial means to meet those needs for kids. So that, that doesn't happen everywhere. Maybe it's a financial thing. You don't have the opportunity. Maybe it's the community doesn't buy in. Um, you know, we're going to probably talk here about the pandemic here in just a minute, but even when we were dealing with that at the end of last year, not talking about this year yet, but they believed in what we told, you know, we did. They knew we were trying to meet the needs of our kids. They worked with us to make sure that our kids were getting their education. And, and it's just a team, team community. And, you know, being a former coach, having everybody on the same team is second to none. It's priceless. And I think that's what makes – working here and being here so unique but you know i've talked to you know randy wolford who's a former basketball coach here and he would tell me sometimes when we were discussing or mulling over something he's like you know mr Borchers, no one would never know you didn't grow up in ludlow that's how we all feel and see you so having a community tell you that makes you feel really good and, and you know it's not about any of the status other than that people really respect you and they're willing to buy into your dreams and try to make them all reality for the kids here. Well, and now being here so long, mm-hmm. former students that you had, former players you had, now you're, yes, you're the, you know, running the district for their kid. Correct. And, and now they know, look, this is, this is a dude we can mess with here. You know, <laughs> we're, we're good. Yeah. Like he's going to make sure that a job is getting done. You, you know, Part of the lead up, like when I'm writing questions or, you know, searching for stuff for the um, template that I put mm-hmm. out. So I do just a general Google search, you know, Mike Borchers. And one of the things that's impressive about you is you, from day one, you have been out on the front lines selling your district out. Mm-hmm. Not district, selling them out, but just selling your district to everybody around. Correct. You know, you're not afraid to um, rip back the curtain, step out and say, look, Come look at what we're doing down here. There's pride in that. I mean, yeah. and 25 years ago, that probably wouldn't have been in your personality at the time. No, not at all. I've grown a great deal. Um, Ten years ago when I became superintendent, I had an experienced superintendent, Dr. Poe, called me over, and he said, you know, you're awful young to be starting this job. You're going to be doing this a long time before you can retire. I said, yeah, but, you know, when the opportunity came up, you know, and I decided to apply for it, it was like, if I don't apply, who do I think could do a better job? And um, I didn't want anybody doing that. So that's why I applied. And it's going to be, you know, hopefully I got several more years in me and uh, we can do some more great things. And I really hope that when I leave, people can look back and say that we left the district better than when we took it on and um, that there's a lot of positive things for the kids. But, yeah, I've seen a lot of growth here um, for our kids and for our community and in northern Kentucky, I think. Believe it or not, now I'm the most tenured superintendent in the region. So when we're dealing with all these things, I take it upon myself to really try to help make sure we can get the answers and ask a question that may not even affect Ludlow, but it, I know it will affect a lot of other districts and we start having those dialogues. And you know a lot of the – we've got a lot of great superintendents. Yeah, They're all great we do. men and women. 
and they all really care about their districts. Some are even new, like Doc, you know, Mr. Watts just came into Newport, and um, we have a new superintendent in uh, Boone County, County and Mr. Yeah. Turner, and then um, we also have Mr. Molly at Erlanger, who's been there a while. So there's a whole mix, you know. Mr. Turner, Mr. Molly have been in their districts a long time. Mr. Watts has been in his district, and then he came back. So I, I can't think of all the things that they're going to have on their plate that are totally foreign to what a new superintendent's usually doing. So we'll work as a team, all the other superintendents in the region, we'll work to help them through this as well. Do you think that your coaching background has helped you work with, uh, just say, your assistant superintendents and the principals in your schools. I would say that's the most direct contact that you have, yeah, I right? Think all You're of coaching us, them up, right? Yeah, we all have. It's a team, but I think the biggest thing too, and you know that when you have a coach, it's never about anybody. There's no us in anything or no me. It's always about us, and we talk about that. When we're in a board meeting and we'll talk about successes, it's not one person. It's it's a we thing. We did this. We accomplished this, and, and I think that helps with a lot of buy-in because I may not be the person – at, at a certain project leading it, but I'm helping. We know everybody's getting a credit, and in the next time I may be the lead person, but we're going to share that credit with everyone. So it's a very uh, rewarding. Um, I also think as a coach, and when you have that coaching background, when there are failures, you take all that on, and it's your, your responsibility, and you have to guard everyone around you and your team from that. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I hope that I've done that over the years. Um, when we when we look at plans, when we look at how a new program is out there, just like when we would have an opponent that was maybe had better athletes than we had, which could happen a lot. Um, you look at those things that you can protect your team and, and, and improve their strengths. And that's what we look at a lot here. One of our major strengths here as a, as a district is the personal contact we have with kids and the personal touch. Being a small district, we know all of our families. We know kids individually. We know their strengths. We know some of the barriers they're trying to overcome. So when we're doing things, we can think of those things and lay out some of those things ahead of time before they, before we do something and then after the fact had to react, we can be a lot more proactive. So, yeah, that background has helped a lot. Um, as, as with anything, I've grown a great deal over those 10 years. But I think, you, I think anybody you would ask, they would tell you we're a big team here. Just real quick on sports before we move on. This sports show, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that since your time being superintendent, um, obviously with the administrators you've had, you guys have hired incredible coaches. Mm -hmm. Is that pride there for you? Absolutely. Um, because once again, I want our kids to experience the same thing that every other kid in every other district can. I know, you know, basketball with your background, there's times I get frustrated being a small school district. And that's a, that's a huge hill to climb to be able to just get to a region. Whereas if you're in a 5 or 6A school, getting to the region is commonplace. So when Coach Stam was able to take our kids to the region last year, um, that's a very exciting thing for our kids. The last two years to be playing out there at Northern. Um, a couple years back, several years back, Coach Beard had the kids in the ninth region final several times. Coach Wolfer, Coach Sullivan were winning conference championships. I think – when you're in the large schools, conference championships don't mean as much. When you're in the Division Three, that's a huge that's a huge championship for our kids. And we've been super competitive in volleyball. We've been very competitive in our basketball, football. Um, we've been we've been having a good good. I love your football coach. Yeah, talk, I love him. Mr. Taphouses, and it, that's a funny thing too. He came to us through a pep grant. He was a personal trainer, um, was working for us as a pep grant um, coordinator. 
he found that he thought he would really start a coaching with um, Coach Hornsby. Really, he was a former – you know that. He was a former player at Moorhead State and really enjoyed that. He started thinking about, a, you know, I'd maybe want to be in the, working with the kids more full-time. So he went back and got his degree in, in education, and now he's full-time teacher and working here, and he's going into his fourth year. He's done – Great job. Once again, there's a conference championship we play with the, the Class A schools in Brossard. So those are huge things for our kids, and we hope, you know, the middle school football program and volleyball program and basketball programs have been a big help as well. And we've been in a championship in the football program. Yeah, programs. I've wrapped a lot of those games. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, and, and you see a lot of that community pride. Oh, You know, there's other yeah, districts the that have out. that yeah. too, but – you know, when our peewee teams and our youth, our younger kids are playing, you there's more than just parents there. There's a lot of community members there watching, and, you know, that really says a lot, once again, about our community support. Um, you know, lots of our Class A football games, when we go away, we'll have more than the home teams. Yeah. I mean, so you've, you've, you've been in those situations Absolutely. as well. So it's a great place for that, and you have the support, and people always want the kids to do well, and they're supportive of that. And the message gets through to the kids and Jeremy can comment on this, but whenever we've played Ludlow, it doesn't matter when I was coaching freshmen or coaching the varsity team, there's just something about that small town kid that when they put that Jersey on and says their city and, and especially out of here, you were going to get a 12 round fight mm-hmm. and it was going to go all the way to the end. Didn't matter. You know, the year we went to the Final Four State Tournament, yeah. we, we played here, and that game was over. They, they, were, they should have won the game. I remember that clearly, yeah. 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 And, you know, Randy, what, you, you guys have you've had the knack of hiring the right human being to lead your programs at the right time. You know, Steve, you know, Steve Hensley takes over for you, right? Mm-hmm. And then Randy, and then Coach Hornsby, and um, – than Greg, right? right? Just for just on the football side, mm-hmm. you know, and, and basketball, you know, obviously Joe Beard was here when you got here, um, and then Corey Highfield, and then Randy was mm-hmm. it Randy after that? Correct. And now Danny Sullivan, right? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Right. And, you know, baseball, same kind of deal. You bring in Kevin Gray, superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that probably wasn't the most popular choice <laughs> in house. Oh, he was once again. He was. It was. He it, was right. It was the right time. And we had a conversation about that. And you know, sometimes. Kevin was great for our kids, he was. and he did a great job. And you know, I wish him luck, and he's doing really well where he's at. Yeah. And now we got Coach Woody McMillan back, and a former Ludlow Panther. Yeah. So we've been very lucky with that. Does Woody's wife here work for you? Yeah, she works in the. She central runs your life a bit, probably. Right? She like is his. the. Uh, <laughs> she is the central office um, boss. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But she once again, you talk about families. Oh yeah. Uh, she grew up in the parochial system. Came here. And has been here ever since yeah. 25, 24, say so you're 20, well, I'm 26 now. I am, I'm giving myself, I'm a year short. But she's been here 25 years. They lived in Burlington. Her kids come here. They moved down in the town two years ago, and she said it's the best thing yeah. they ever did to live here. Well, they were at Walt, the kids were going to Walton. That's when Woody was out at Walton, yeah. right? So when he came back here and um, they moved here, and her son was in the state cross-country finals yeah, last Jack. year. Yeah. yeah, so he's very good, plays basketball, and he has, he has another son that plays football. So, once again, that's a that's the other unique thing too, Steve, that when we were all growing up, you, you kind of grew up and you stayed within your community. Now things have spread out with lots of different reasons and different opportunities, and our kids are a lot more mobile. But 
we still have the core of our kids are our community kids and they grow up with each other and you know they've learned each other's strengths and they if we can keep them all together working hard usually as a unit we keep going and we've not seen those real high peaks and real high real low valleys like we used to because we have so many kids now being involved and they all have an opportunity you know any kid that wants to play sports in our school and in a lot of our river city schools they're going to find a sport that they can find their niche in and, and i think that's a real important thing because once again we know one of the best dropout preventions for any kid is to have some type of extracurricular activity and we try to offer that for the kids all right so on to the reason that we wanted to talk to you today okay coming from a i mean it's a education family right now right mm-hmm. i mean you and your wife she was at woodland for a while and then yep ended up at dixie, dixie. for the last nine years yep and then um your brother educator mm-hmm. sister-in-law is an educator correct oh, what's mark did mark's wife teacher no, no she works she runs a cafeteria for okay. schools so, okay. well, right, so there you go there you yeah. go so well, obviously with everything that came down in march just out of left field right mm-hmm. and one of the first thing i want to talk to about was the nti correct you know and the reason i want to talk to you about this is a lot of people crapped all over nti in a lot of these districts parents teachers and and i'm on record the only thing you can control what you can control when you have days to set up a system Mm -hmm. and put it into place there are going to be faults correct um in in ludlow independent how, how did you feel how that process went well i think i'll never forget the day that it happened we were out on um we were out at Northern Kentucky Education Cooperative. We were sitting in a meeting. All the superintendents were with uh, Kevin Brown on a Wednesday, and we were talking about the possibility of COVID, and we had the health department there. And in the middle of the meeting, uh, Kevin gets a uh, call. He steps out, and um, I had gone out to get a drink, and he was finishing up his call, and he looked at me, and he said, Mike, he said, get ready. Things are changing rapidly came back in got another call and left and then within 24 hours we were on the call with the with the governor and we were shutting down the next day so happened extremely quick i don't think when we were meeting as a staff we told our staff that this could be through spring break but it could be for the end of the year and people looked at us like there's no way you know we're not going to close school Uh, one of the things we did is we took small steps and that's something we usually try to do here when we do any kind of implementation um, we, we did it in two-week increments. So we, we created a plan that allowed us to get to spring break, which was basically the paper pencil, which is a lot what a lot of schools did. And then we created another plan for the two weeks back from spring break until we had further guidance. Well, once spring break came, we pretty much knew that it wasn't looking good for the end of the year. So what we did is we have a lot of – we've worked extremely hard. We, have, we had Chromebooks for every kid in our school, and we kept them here at school. So we started letting the parents know after the first two weeks, we're going to start transitioning into a technology-based system. Um, so our, 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 we took, we, after the first day, we were off on a Friday. That Monday, we had home deliveries for two weeks of packets. So every teacher did the home delivery to the family, checked on things, make sure everybody was okay. After that, we started getting out information to our families how we were moving to the NTI. Elementary moved to a Google Classroom setup. Our high school has a lot of their programs are already based online. We used an Otis-based program. 
So we worked really hard through that for the whole year. Teachers were doing a lot of communication. We found out we did some surveys. We found out we were over-communicating. And what I mean by that, you, you can't believe you would over-communicate, would you? But if I'm a parent and I have a student who has six, six classes in the high school, got another student that's in the middle school that has six classes, and I have an elementary student, they were getting 12 to 14 emails a day. Well, they're trying to sh- shift through everything. So what we did then again is shifted to where everything would be posted online for the parents so that you'd go to Steve Frommeyer's webpage and his whole week would be laid out for him. So you didn't have to go waiting for the teachers to communicate. We let them know this is where you go to see everything. Our elementary moved to the Google Classroom base where they would just log in and the whole week would be laid out for them. So we even made shifts as we went all the way through. Now, one of the things we did, we, we found out a little longer in the NTI too, is this was a big burden on families. You know, if you're working and you were an essential worker, you're, doing, you're in a stressful job to begin with. And then if your kids are at home all day and you're coming home and trying to get all this work in, we worked real diligently to try to help families get successful with that. Um, at the end of the year, we had some successes and we had some areas we could do a lot better with. So uh, we took that. Um, our teachers had some extra work days. So what we did during that time was we had them all go and get Google certified. They spent five days. So everyone in our district is now Google certified. And we talked about moving into this year, we would have that ability if we'd have to do another NTI that the entire district would be on the same platform and it would be the same thing for the parents regardless of where their kid, what class they were in. So we worked on all of that. And as the summer started going, we know that we're going to have to be in an integrated instruction model, which the teachers are going to have to be able to go either technology or in-person based. So we've been moving towards that model. We've created a calendar that allows us to give the teachers five extra work days before the school year, not that we're trying to kill them with work, but no. we're trying to give them planning time. Yeah. Correct. So they're going to have eight days prior to the school year to put what we're hoping is the first month of, of their plans together. And then when we come back into school, we, we're going to be presenting our plan to the, the board tomorrow night. We'll be releasing that hopefully early next week. Uh, we've gone through a process where we've had a district planning team. Uh, we worked on that. We finalized a lot of those plans late last week. We came back on Monday met with our administrative team we're making some adjustments and then we're going to present to our board tomorrow night and then we have a teams meeting with our entire staff on friday and get their feedback and make sure they understand what we're talking about and then we'll get some of it out to the staff to the to the community on monday or tuesday so we we've systematically gone about things not jumped into them quick we've 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 put surveys out and we talk about unique steve 73% 73% of all the households in Ludlow have responded to our opening That's community. That's awesome. And 86% of our kids have been represented in that. So we have a really good feel of what our community wants. Um, but we also have to worry about the health and safety. I mean, we'll probably talk about that a little further, but that's on everybody's mind right now, especially as some of the trend data is coming in throughout the nation. So one thing for, for sure that that's the first and foremost thought of everybody's um, plans is keeping everyone safe and keeping everyone healthy. Because what we also have to work, you're a basketball coach. You want to be in school when you start basketball Absolutely. season. So we could have a plan that may really be good on the beginning, but it may not be sustainable. So we're trying to find those plans that really meet all the needs, but yet it is something that we can sustain throughout the year. I, I've been talking about, we talked with our athletic director on Monday. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure, look, I did not invent this, right. but in my mind, the only thing that makes sense is 
we should have scenarios. Like you're just talking right now. You have got all these scenarios in place per the level of restriction, right. whether it's coming from the governor or the federal government or whatever it is. That way, when the bell hits, we're into whatever scenario that is per the guidelines at that time. Um, and I'm sure a lot of districts are doing this. Absolutely. But the thing is, is, and I guess it's more of a, you don't want to talk about it until it's ready to go. Right. right? So, you know, there's a lot of being close to the vest right now, but you've got a lot of teachers. You know, mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of teachers, like I have no idea what the hell's going on. Right. I talk to a lot of parents who are like, I've got no idea what's happening. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's the lack of communication. And I, I think it's okay to say, look, we're working through this. Mm -hmm. Like we have, we have work grouped this to death and we are coming up with a better solution than what we had. Obviously, I would say that having a smaller district makes not have, it makes it a lot easier, right? Right. I mean, we take out busing alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably a two or three day work work session. We don't have to worry about busing. That also allows us opportunities to where, if you have to go into a partial day type model, we're not worrying about coming and going with buses and cleaning the buses and all of those things. So. Yeah, and I, I don't think people are keeping things as close to the vest as I think the general population might think. Because if you'd looked and started into you know, look at early June, you had you looked like things were really opening up, yeah. and you were thinking, you know what, we might be able to come back pretty close to normal. Two weeks later, we got the governor saying we got restrictions on Myrtle Beach, where, and, and you know that's a, that's a scary thing. And now we see where the trend is now, and you know. Jefferson County just talked about they're going to be doing a total online to start the year. Um, so you've got, you, you've swung in two weeks' time, three weeks' time, a huge way. That really wasn't a big, you know, really looked like it was trending one way. Um, I do think the one hard part is, and this is something we've I've found out personally, is whatever you tell someone the first time is what they go with. So once you send that plan out, that's pretty much what everybody has in their mind, even if you say – we're going to make adjustments and come back. Well, you, you said we were doing this. Well, no, it may have to change. And I, I'll tell you, everything we have in place could change in two weeks again. And I think every district is under that understanding as well, that we're going to have to be nimble. Our parents, I mean, we could have the greatest plan of having kids in school, and if these spikes get higher, we may have to go all NTI. And that may be everybody in the state. Um, and, it, you know, it's just one of those situations where I think for the next – until we get some type of, um, you know, if until we get some type of medicine or vaccine that's going to help us with this scenario, we're going to have to live in this new norm that they call for a little while longer, I'm afraid. Let me ask you a question about dual credits. Okay. So you have kids, which are mostly your juniors and seniors, mm -hmm. that are doing this, this program. Are they doing that uh, here or at Northern or both? Gateway. At Gateway. They okay. go to Gateway. Okay, perfect. So... In a, in a scenario where, and look, I love the fact that you guys, you're talking about, you're, you're, you're stepping outside of the box, you're looking in and you're honing that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. That's what leaders, that's what they do, right? So in a scenario where the transition period in class, at the end of class, mm -hmm. whether you're going longer or whatever, would it make it easier, the kids that are doing the dual credits, not having to be in-house and then letting those the younger grades, the freshmen, sophomores, or I guess the middle schoolers as well, but 
Is that is that something that's even... It frees even, up space, for yeah. sure. Is that, uh, is that a viable option, though? Yeah. I mean, like, right now, our gateway kids, first through third period, are never here. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing planning, you know, half of your day, you're, you're losing 70 kids in your population. So that makes things easier. Um, right now, we don't know for sure we're going to do some follow-up surveys, but say we have 20% of our community right now that says they're not sure that they would do anything but online because sure. of the safety. So now you take that population yeah. out. So. That's what I'm saying with your plans. They're fluid as, you yeah, know, oh, yeah. and that was a week ago when we had a survey. To another week from now, you may have another whole group of families say, you know what, for the time being, I need to, I want to pause. And we, we'll, we'll respect that. Um, you know, I, Kenton County released a, a plan, I yeah. think, yesterday mm-hmm. that looks, you know, they're giving, the, you know, a lot of hybrid option in person. Sure. You can be home. I think that's going to be pretty consistent from every district. It's just going to be how it looks. Um I really don't know that anybody's comfortable with anything. I, I mean, I, I don't think any superintendent would tell you I'm 100% no, sold on this. You can't. I don't think any coach. All, all you mean, do is put yourself in the corner. Well, it, it, and you got to be honest. I think one of the things that came across our survey, too, is to be transparent. You know, that's going to be difficult when you're talking about any school when you have somebody getting checked out. They may never even have, you know, COVID, but... You know, as well as I know, um, that's going to be one of the things we're really going to need support from our parents of, of them saying, hey, let me just wait. I know the school's going to handle this in the proper way. I'm going to reassure my kids that if my kids are in person, we're going to work through this and they're going to be safe. But that's going to be the biggest thing because there's going to be kids that have temperatures and they may not have anything about COVID. They may have a strep sinus, throat, a sinus, a sinus infection. infection. Yeah. I mean, gosh, we live in northern Kentucky yeah. where we're in this. Oh. Pollen pit I'm living in it right now, bro. You know, it'll be 95 degrees in September, like it always seems. To <laughs> I'm be. living on Sudafed. Yeah, I mean that's just the way it is. Yeah. So let me ask you something else. Just about being the leader of your district, um, being July the 15th. What's your daily schedule like now, as opposed to just like a normal time? Are you? Is it extra hours? And well, I think the focus is much different. Normally, this time of year we have summer programs in the school. Um, athletics are really cranked up this time of year we've kind of been taking that slow Um, normal day uh, usually we're focusing on probably some new programs getting some different things off the ground that's kind of not that it's halted because we're still working to be in to improve our district but the focus definitely is on getting this plan in place getting people trained getting people on board Uh, yeah you're right Steve I mean I don't think there's a superintendent in the state that wouldn't tell you that this summer's a lot more work. Oh yeah. Um, I find myself usually the summer times the time when you can go home, kind of take that break away from the cell phone or the computer. Doesn't happen this year. I don't think anybody would tell you that. Uh, you know, you go home, you have a couple hours with your family by about eight or nine. You you're kind of winding down and you're getting back onto the schoolwork and start thinking about new things. We left yesterday with a. A plan. I went home last night and started looking at things. We came back in and met again this morning. We're going to adjust some of those things as well. So it's always on your mind. Um, it, ha- it has to be. Uh, it's constantly a thought. Um, then you go home and you look and you're going to watch the news. You're going to watch oh. one of your cable channels and see what some of those numbers, because you have yeah, to be aware. You've got to be aware. Yeah, I, you can't have your head in the sand. Um, I think that I've just been following the Northern Kentucky Health Department. Yep. Because it seems to me that there's no drama or right. any kind of toxic yeah. comments. It's just I, I follow more data. on just what the data is. Yeah, and, and that's why I am. And, and stay away from why or how or who's in, 
you know, this, in my mind, as educators, we have to make sure that we're doing the best for the kids, regardless of what anybody's political stances are right now. A mask is a mask. A mask is a mask. We have to have them yeah. on if we want to have athletics, if we want to have school. we got to follow that guideline. Um, we'll wear the mask. We're going to push some things out on that. We've, As a district, we've ordered uh, you know, the logo masks and the logo sh- scarf type things for yeah. the kids. Um, our teachers, we're going to definitely have them in proper masks and multiple ones so they're not out looking i think everybody has a mask by now yeah but you know and then you know you talk cloth masks but if you're up teaching all day sometimes the the throwaway surgical masks might be better because of the heat i mean you know when you're talking all day long so we'll have those available in every classroom and for every teacher so when you're talking supplies you that those aren't things we normally are worrying about in the summer but you know those type of things we're looking at thermometer stations you know the infrared stations so we're all of those things are taking center stage right now do you worry oh, not worry but um are you guys is it being offered by hospitals companies say hey we'll provide masks for you or is that something that the district itself has to go out and do well uh ortho cincinnati is coming tomorrow and donating 1100 masks awesome. to our schools so they reached out um you know a lot of other companies are reaching out to make a profit i'm sure know? but i mean the reality of this is we're going to get the materials we need we're going to clean the way that we need to clean and we're going to make sure every day when the kids come in they have the equipment they need to be successful and be assured that it's safe here at school do you worry about the temperature check stations um getting do you think it'll be hard to get people to help with that i i watched the site base the scott high school site base the other day that was online and um some of those teachers mm-hmm. who did not have first period classes, uh, Dr. Sapp had said, well, you know, we would need help to yeah. do that. And some of them were like, I won't do that. Yeah. Whereas like when we have our Tuesday, Thursday workouts, yeah. I, and I told my AD this, like I will be the only one to do temperature checks. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If, I want, if I want my kids to be there, I'm going to make sure it's done right. It's logged correctly. Because if something were to happen, I don't want anybody else to have to answer for it. Right. That, that's just my personality. I have, you know. Yeah. Just, I'm a lot like that, too. Yeah. We're Those, control it's, freaks. It's funny you ask if some, if any of our team here listens and when you ask if I worry, they'll say I worry if there's going to be a tsunami hit out of the <laughs> river. So I worry about everything in this, in the scenarios. But, you know, we're looking at trying to do automated uh, stations when the kids come in and then that will get logged electronically. Um, we're trying, once again, some of our MO is to try to take away in as many barriers for our kids, but we also do that for our teachers. Um, so we're going to try to have that. Um, obviously, that still takes staff because if it comes up and it shows that a kid's temperature or a student's temperature is over 104, now we got to have somebody there to deal and make sure we do the next steps. But that is one thing we're looking at because we're also going to need our teachers in our rooms. So yeah. once they past that temperature checkpoint they got to get to the room they got to have their healthy at school check and more than likely they're going to be getting in their seat and we're going to be getting them a breakfast or a lunch or whatever whatever meal we're feeding them at the time and making sure that the kids are well nourished before they start learning so well in the beginning in the beginning of the school year too when the kids come in they go through this and a teacher is up doing that now it's become king's island in the classroom yeah where the kids are you know on top of you know just right next to each other or not they'll be they'll be six feet apart sitting in a desk and that you know that goes that's another big transition that i think educators are dealing with that are struggling for years we've talked about cooperative learning 
working in partners, um, doing different types of projects when you're working with multiple kids. Now we're going to bring them in and say, okay, we want everybody six feet apart, facing the same way, and our teacher's going to get up. And now we'll have the technology to where there can be a lot of that kind of interaction in groups. But we used to just we, – we had to go through our entire elementary, for the most part, was set up with tables for cooperative learning. We've been rushing to try to find ways to get the right kind of desks and make sure, and we will. Yeah. We have it all ready. But that's a huge shift when you've had teachers program for the last 20 years to work one way. You know, our elementary has a daily five program where they're in five stations and they go around and do their literacy work that way. That's not going to be a feasible way to work. So that, on top of following the, all the guidelines, they have to re-image themselves. And I think that's a new challenge. We told all of our staff in early June when we had a meeting, use this as an opportunity to do things, not because you're forced, but because now you have the freedom to do it. You know, we're not going to, there are no parameters now. You know what's out there, use technology as a tool. It's not the only, it's not the, the the teaching person. We've learned that the virtual learning families obviously said there's a big there's a big loss when our teachers aren't in front of our kids or interacting. So we know we need our teachers interacting, but use that use that technology available to you as a great tool. And I hope and I know our teachers and most teachers in the region will do that. Do you think that uh, the kids with special needs have been more affected by not being in school than their kids? We'll find out when we come back. Um, we'll do assessments on every student, not it, just students with special needs. But I will tell you this. I think our teachers did a phenomenal job, not just special needs kids, mm -hmm. but any kids that had any needs, whether it was social and emotional, whether it was physical needs, whether it was educational needs. We did a lot of personal phone calls and a lot of checking up on those students and making sure that they had the resources they needed. Uh, we did a lot of home visits in the spring. So... You know, obviously we were within, you know, on the edge of the porch where they came to the door, but we really reached out. Our teachers did a phenomenal job of that personal interaction with kids, all kids that had any kind of exceptional needs. And um, I think we'll be in good shape with that. I think our families, once again, our families know our teachers, so they weren't afraid to ever nah, reach out if true. they had an issue. So I think we're in good shape. I just think that, that a friend of mine, his little boy has autism, mm -hmm. and obviously routine is – Oh. critical for him yes it is and any deviation from that routine really i mean i don't, I don't know the proper word um but it, it, it hinders his development he, I he guess cycles off yeah. he, he's out of a routine everything's every when when things get abnormal for our younger students sure. it really throws them off that's why going back to talking about a, a plan that's sustainable we can't be, our, as educators too, our job has to be to have a plan that we can sustain for our kids so that normalcy gets back in their lives. And um, that's a big challenge, and that's something we're all going to be looking to try to achieve. All right, I have a couple more questions for you. Okay. I have two as it pertains to in the building. Okay. Are you certain you're going to be able to retain educators and the staff, you know, if school is to resume in August? Right. Well, we, we had a survey out, and we have we know a couple of our teachers that there are concerns. We're going to be reaching out to them. Um, I, I think, once again, reassuring our teachers that we're following the guidelines. You know, we're going to work really hard. Six feet is going to be the minimum. You know, that's not an option. We're not going to jam kids into a room that's not uh, obtainable. Um, we're going to work really hard to give the teachers resources that they need. We're going to give them time that they're going to need to plan. And then I think that this will be another big change is we're going to have to be flexible with our teachers yeah. as well. Now, that causes a lot of other issues because when you're talking about contact tracing, 
when you're talking about keeping exposure to a minimum, when you have your normal classroom teacher out, that throws every plan out of the loop. But with that being said, we our teachers' well-being is, is, is astronomical, too. Um, we worked with a group called Terrametrics the last two years for the mental and well-being of our students. Uh, we're going to do a, a meeting ne- this, pa- this next Friday, and we're going to also do a survey with our staff and, and get, let them do a survey on how they are feeling. we got a, probably a lot of anxiety out there. Oh, yeah. You know, people have been isolated. There could be some depression, whether it's kids or adults. I mean, so... As administrators, once again, if we have the data, we can work to help with our with our staff. We may have a staff that has a lot of anxiety. We may spend one of those work days on just having a question answer session. What's your questions? Let, let's reassure. Okay, maybe we missed something. All right, how are we going to get that addressed and work as a team? A lot smarter if we got twenty five people working together than if there's one or two. So um, we're definitely worried about that. Um, we have a very our I think our staff's mo for for Almost 100% of our staff members will be, what do I got to do to help my kids? Um, so I'm not worried about that as much as maybe some other districts might be. But, you know, they also know that we're going to do everything we can to make sure that it's a safe place for them. That's also an added bonus of working in a district where the teachers and the staff, they stay. They don't, yeah. you're, you're not, it's not a, um, a revolving door. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're here for them and, and they understand it. And obviously there are, risks for any job right now. I mean, I, I'm a frontline worker. Right. And um, we'll all and, be the essential workers. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I can tell you this. Last year, we didn't have any retirements. And as of today, the exact same staff's coming back. So that's a huge bonus. That entire group has been through the NTI process. Yeah, so we have true. that. Now, we have a few staff members that are interviewing for some administrative jobs. And if they get those, it'll be proud of them and sure. they'll, they'll move on but right now everybody and we've made all those calls we've called all of our subs i want uh, to talk about subs next yep. yeah we called all of our subs we have a, a vast majority of our subs are retirees from the community from the district um and that's a scary thing because when you talk s- retirees they're probably over that threshold of when you start talking about at risk but the folks that our people reached out to feel like we have all of our subs willing to commit to come back um, but on a good year, it's hard to have subs. I mean, every district struggles with that. Sure. And I think that's going to be another another one of those balls that our administrators and we'll be juggling throughout the year is if you do get a couple people out, how does that look and how do we address that? And I think we have some contingency plans on that. Um, obviously, it might be a, a situation where you have a teacher that maybe, like you said, might be a – a specials teacher and they may have to help out for a day or two and we may not have specials for a day or two but those are all things that are going to just have to be flexible administrators are going to be flexible teachers are going to need to be flexible kids are always flexible and resilient and we hope that our parents are so that'll make for a good recipe for success i think and not to speak for another school district but a lot of the other public districts especially like say kenton county with however many of the kids they have or boone or campbell so a lot of those subs are going to be coming from different buildings. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you um, keep the cross contamination? I, I know that's kind of an ignorant word to say, but it's being thrown it's around a lot. Exposure for yeah, sure. Exposure. Okay. They've you know, been, a, if exposed. I'm in a classroom and I'm an elementary teacher and I have 20 kids I'm exposed to all day, that, yeah. that keeps things contained. If I'm a sub that's in a high school and I see 40 or 50 kids one day and I see 40 or 50 another day and all of a sudden I have that issue, 
it's going to cause a lot of contact tracing. And that's any district, uh, big, big, small. You know, I, I'm sure knowing my cohorts at those large districts, they'll have plans in place. They're, they're thinking about that every day, just like we all are. Um, you know, it, I, I think anybody also, Steve, and I could be wrong, but if anybody's naive to think that you're not going to deal with some type of COVID case in the next few months, whether it's a family member who came from their job and came to came to a, a teacher or, or a family themselves whose parents came home from work, now you have four or five kids. I yeah. mean, that's just going to have to be part of it. That's what's been in the guidance, too. We have to be prepared for intermittent closures, whether it's a day or two, a week, or, God forbid, a long time. So those are all in everybody's contingency plans as well. And um, they'll have to be ready to change on a dime. I mean, we've talked lots of times over the last few weeks about if we're on a Wednesday and we have an issue, we have to be prepared to be able to teach the kids from home Thursday, Friday. And that's that all goes back to having that integrated instruction model. Whether you're in school or out of school, the same instruction goes on. So we'll be working hard to do that. Is there any type of collaboration between like just you know how like football coaches they have their own little yep. brotherhood and basketball coaches they're you know is there collaboration that happens um, between superintendents oh yeah um, our communication co our cooperative um, we had a, ma a massive regional meeting in the early part of june where everybody's central office staffs board members came together and we started sharing ideas and talking and then through our cooperative every superintendent we've been on a weekly um, Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, what's everybody's ideas? What kind of hybrid model are you doing? Or what are you doing about your school calendar? Or what are you doing about subs? How are you guys handling uh, busing issues? Yeah. I mean, we talk every day for about an hour and a half every week, once a week. Um, and it's. Do you feel like you learn anything? Oh, absolutely. Every time uh, you get great ideas. Um, if anything else, it reinforces that somebody's struggling with the same issue you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, God. You know, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with five people calling sick in one day? Yeah. You know, that those are things that we all are going to be dealing with. How do we, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks earlier about how, how are we going to open up athletics? Um, so, you know, larger school districts had some different resources. So a lot of the River City superintendents, we got together with our ADs and high school principals. And instead of starting in early June or mid-June, like some, we all agreed we were going to wait till the 1st of July. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about that conference and that importance, so everybody was on an equal playing field. We all agreed to do that. And we were able to, to muddle through some things and get a little more prepared, and then we felt like we were all on the same page. Um, I think all of our superintendents are phenomenal educators, and they all have great ideas, but you also have a ton of diversity in our region. What's going on in Pendleton County will not be occurring in Ludlow, or what occurs in Boone County may look totally different than what's in Fort Thomas. So having those experiences, I mean, I've, I've, our models probably 80% ours and 20% stealing from everyone else. Sure. And I, I would hope that somebody uses something that we've done to, to their benefit. And we share that. We confidentiality is of utmost importance during yeah. that time. Cause if you can't be honest with each other, then, you, then you're dealing with that. But, you know, I think we've probably had great debates in those meetings as well to where, Someone may have a viewpoint, somebody will challenge, and maybe by the end of the day, both people have came to the middle. So it really is a positive. It's a great group of people to work with. I'm proud to work with all of them, and I learn every day from them. So the last question that I have for you. Uh-oh. It's not bad. It's not. It's not it'll, it'll be painless. I just honestly, 
more of this being a, a small independent district, uh-huh. like the financial burden that uh, all this is going to bring down on your head, right? I mean, like we talked about before, you've been fiscally responsible. You guys have saved at every chance you get. You've been able to use your own money to, to do uh, things where you're not jeopardizing the, you know, the future of any kind of buildings or, you know, educator pay, anything like that. Like with restrictions, for example, obviously it, it would be nice to have help, but, you know, since the shutdown to present day and looking ahead, what's the financial burden like on the district? Well, we have all received some CARES money, um, and it all goes back to your planning. Like some districts have had to use a very large bar- bulk of theirs to buy computers. Well, that was already in our cycle mm-hmm. of purchasing, so that freed up some money. Um, we've been very strategic in how we do things um we've been very uh, wouldn't say i'm trying to think of the perfect word but strategic is probably the best way about it is the way we go also i would give a lot of accommodations to our principals and our directors they know you know um, our maintenance director there's probably four or five things he had on his list this year that he would have liked to have done that we're going to wait till next year and we're going to save that money. And now we went out and purchased three foggers that's going to be able to help us disinfect the facilities a lot quicker than if we were hand wiping every mm-hmm. desk. Um, the CARES money has been a big positive. But the other big thing that no, everybody keeps forgetting is the economy's been shut down. So we have had some federal funding, but I've been through mid-year cuts from the state. And I, and I don't know that anybody would sit here today and tell you that they're not expecting some type of shortfall with whether it's our local tax collection, whether it's from the state and their tax returns, um, you know, that's, that's a reality. So you, you have to be very fiscally sound, but you also have to be willing to, to purchase the things you need. And I think that CARES money has afforded that to us to this point. Um, I don't think moving all the way through the year without some type of help will we'll make it easy. It'll make it difficult. Um, cafeteria staff, you'll hear some districts say that their cafeteria staffs are losing money. Our staff's done a phenomenal job. We've averaged 500 meals a day since March 16th. I mean, every day. Spring break, they haven't had a day off except the Friday before the 4th of July. So they've generated money through through the purchasing and, and the way they go about doing things. So our cafeteria staff's done a phenomenal job, offer great meals to our kids, hot meals. They're not just grab-and-go, cold prepackaged things. Like today, our kids had lasagna. So they're in a hot meal and a hot container. Kids, we, you know, we served over 480 lasagna lunches today. Um, it sounds small, but, you know, when you can come up and get a hot meal, it's that makes a big, big difference to yeah. our kids, and it keeps their mental well-being better as well. So... Those type of things, our our directors have done a great job. Our financial officer always will come to me and say, hey, here's an opportunity to do this. Here's an opportunity to do that. Um, Purchasing through some of the cooperatives allows us to get things cheaper because we are a small district. We don't have the volume purchases like others, but when we put it together with all the other people that buy through the cooperatives, we're getting just as good a deal on things. So that helps a lot. you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, there, you know, you save for rainy days. This may be one of the rainy days where you have to dip in a little bit of your savings and make sure that that happens. But I think we're going to be in really good shape still, knock wood. But anytime that you hear about this CARES funding and the federal funding, it's a reality. I mean, it, it is a reality. The state's not cut us at all. 
Um, they can't continue that. We know that. So even if that CARES funding fills in some of the state funding for this year, that'd be a big win for districts. Um, so we're, we're going to really keep a close eye on that. Um, Attendance-wise, our kids have always had strong attendance here, so we do a good job generating our own local money. Our community's always been super supportive. Um, so, you know, I know they'll always be there to support our district, and I think we'll be in good shape. All right. On a personal level, you're dealing with all this every day yep. from March, and then you got to go home, and those kids are <laughs> not happy, right? Oh, I have a great wife. You've you known her. Yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't do this job without her. Yeah. A long time ago, she was an educator. I was an educator, and we made the decision that I would get the opportunity to go into administration, and she would be her, continuing her career teaching, and she's taking all the work at home. And uh, the kids tease. You know my son, Zach. Oh, yeah. He'll say, yeah, Dad, you're the superintendent at school, but Mom's a superintendent at the house. And, and that's true. You know, you can't. You, you, you can't humanly possibly burn both candles, like both ends of the candle the way you'd have to to do that. Now, I will tell you, I've been able to balance life better now that I've gotten older. Um, and when I go home, I'll turn it off for a few hours. And then they know I try to be strategic and go turn it on. Uh, it is difficult. And I think every superintendent struggling with that. Um, I've always tried to get healthier. Usually it's the summer times when I can get out and walk more and not this year. I mean, you know, I did it for a week. I was able yeah. to get going and then you just, I can, I've never felt as exhausted even when I was being an administrator and coaching than I have the, this day. I mean, when you work 10 to 12 hours in your office and it's constant mental stress, just, I mean, how are we going to do this? The, you know, you'll uh, be quite honest. It weighs on me. I take every 800 kids and 140 folks are under my watch, and yeah. I take that very serious. And every one of these decisions that's in our plan and everything I'll be recommending to the board tomorrow night, I don't I don't take lighthearted because any decision we make could have a lasting effect on somebody. You know, I family. think that's uh, why your brother and I always got along so well, and you were a lot like that. We're worriers by nature. Mm -hmm. And Fixers. I think that, yeah, I think that that's what, has made us good leaders mm -hmm. because you, you try, you know, it's like Randy all those years driving all the way out there to wherever the hell that is Burlington mm -hmm. and then getting home late that, you know, he missed a lot of those girls growing up. Yep. Right. Uh, and that was a sacrifice that they made. You know, mm -hmm. they, they knew that going into it. Um, but even when you're getting home at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or 10 o'clock after uh, administrating a volleyball game, right. Mm -hmm. There is that time where it's like, okay, it's back on your brain. It never turns off. And I think that's what I find that being a varsity head coach is, you know, we talked with Keaton Belcher, the Ryle coach. It's the hardest thing we've ever done. Yeah. I would say you probably, you probably got a lot of joy out of the being the boss. I don't, not, not because you're the boss, but just having the impact. Getting to lead the team. Yeah. You know, having an impact on every kid in this community. That's a pretty big responsibility. Yeah, and I don't take it lightly. <laughs> you know, and, and I would not sleep. Yeah, there's lots of nights that doesn't happen, Steve. And then, you know, there's nights that you're on something and worrying about it till 2 and you're back up at 4.30 yeah. and you're down here at 5 because it's just on your mind. And But I think that's what, you know, I, I wouldn't say this, but I think it's important people understand. I, I think the per education profession, if you do it the proper way and you're passionate about it, it's a young person's profession. I think there's a reason 
people can retire after 27 years. Because if you're given everything you have at the pace that you need to go to do right for kids, you're exhausted. And then, you know, people have done it for 40 years. And now, sure. man, those people are heroes in my eyes. But it is a it is an exhausting profession. And I, I not, not that any other profession isn't that way. But I just mean we're making we're making kids lives they if you're a teacher you get one year with them mm-hmm. and you get to have that impact but you know and i know whether anybody in education when you go back and you ask somebody 20 years from now at a reunion what they remember about that teacher it's not the pythagorean theorem they taught them it's that mr Frommeyer taught me this or he taught me this life lesson or i remember remember when this happened and having those personal relationships take a lot of work with kids and a lot of work in the classroom well, Mike, we're going to let you get back to work, but okay. we really appreciate you sitting down with no, us, thank man. Thank you. I appreciate I, it. Uh, you know, you've, uh, you've talked cla- a lot. I've classed probably- this join up. No, man, we're, we're excited. Um, uh, you know, I obviously having a personal connection to you, it makes it a little bit easier for you to pick up the phone when, you know, text comes over, but you know, I owe a lot, I owe a lot of my career to you, um, unbeknownst to you most likely, but yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, I can, your brother, Randy, um, we walked into your house senior year of high school and you were on the phone with Tom Stahl, your baseball coach. Yep, I remember that. And you said, uh, oh yeah, he just got here. Uh, You want to go to Florida this summer and work down in Florida? I was 18, you know, we were just getting ready to graduate and and I was like, sure. You know, I didn't, you know, back then you really like, oh, I didn't ask my parents. Right. They didn't care. They were. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, they were good. You know how that is, right? Um, But, you know, that that journey it altered everything yeah of my future that was a cool opportunity it was for you and i'm glad you took it was it and um you know i have you to thank for that well, so it's kind of neat to go over in full circle my son talks about you officiating yeah. all the time so mm-hmm. well he doesn't only, talk about me yeah. seeing him in lexington yeah i don't want to know about that <laughs> no that's okay he is he is oh, he is, he is a really good to, kid he's a great kid yeah, he's okay he's like randy that is scary. He is like Randy. He's a, he's a he is a carbon copy. He is. Well, Mike Borchers, superintendent of Ludlow Independent Schools, finalist for the 2020 Kentucky Superintendent of the Year. Yeah. How about that? It was nice honor. You're the best educator in your family, <laughs> and uh, former head coach. He's a dad. He's a brother. He's a son, and he's an innovator. Thank you, Mr. Borchers. Thanks. Thanks.